0: everybody and grab your Bible and a pencil and a journal and maybe even a cup of coffee and join in on our conversation. But first I would like for you to write this down. 2nd Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 and 2. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with great patience
1: and instruction. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara. I am Dot's daughter, and we sit down together every week and we talk through scripture and truth. And this is a special episode because we decided to have this conversation and actually next week's conversation in honor and memory of Dr. Charles Stanley. He is someone who has made a huge impact for the kingdom of God and actually has made a big impact in my mom's life personally. She and my dad were blessed to have a relationship and friendship with Dr. Stanley for many, many, many years. And the loss was really felt by them. So we felt like it would be appropriate to spend some time talking through some of the life principles and truths that he lived by, because there are life principles that we actually believe to be super important. So we talk about, you know, knowing the will of the Lord, how do we know the will of God, intimacy with the Lord, prayer, reading scripture. I mean, we we really dive into a lot of truths and scripture in this episode, but this is a really special episode and we are so thrilled that you are here. So we would love for you to Pull up a chair and join in our conversation. Hey, Kara. Hello, Mom. Well, let's have a great conversation.
0: Okay. Well, I'd like to think that they all are great, but I would like to think that too, maybe I'm I biased. I know. But today is a very special day. Yeah. It um, is. You know, I, um, you know, had to deal with some uh, some sadness. You know, this past week and a loss, hearing. About that's right. Hearing about Doctor Stanley is in the presence of of Jesus, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure he is as happy as he can be, and I'm sure that he is seeing that whatever he went through as a child, you know, he was he had a hard childhood. His uh, father died early, and his mother felt like she needed to remarry to help grow. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Doctor Stanley as a little boy, Mm -hmm. and to have a yeah father had to have a father figure, Mm -hmm. yeah, and the stepfather, you know, was extremely mean to Doctor Stanley, came to him, approached him and with a knife and there was just it was a lot of a lot of hard times in his life. And I'm thinking, you know, as an early young guy, go- you know, little kid, they didn't have much money. He was very close to his mother. His mother remarries and then that did you know, that was not really a good situation. Then he didn't have money to go into seminary, but then he was able to get someone that actually paid for seminary. And then he you know, preaches, and he's teaching. And then he gets to one of the churches. It was First Baptist of Atlanta. And there was a lot of conflict. And someone actually came up to try to hit Dr. Stanley. So there was always a lot of adversity and a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that was going on. He didn't have an easy life. Yeah. He didn't. And as I reflect upon his life and, and thinking back over him, and now he's in the presence of Jesus, I, I just keep thinking he's looking at the face of Jesus thinking it was worth it. It was worth it.
1: I actually thought that too. I thought, I bet he is thinking this was worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I saw, because um, there were a lot of you know posts and yeah. uh, videos of his teaching. I mean, there always are videos of his teaching, you know, all over the place. But I, it had nothing to do with what he was preaching on. But I just had the thought of, I bet after everything that he faced here on earth, he would say that it was worth it. Like mm-hmm. he is, everything that he said and preached on of, you know, I mean, he preached that Jesus was worth it. He, you know, he Mm -hmm. talked about like obedience is the importance of obedience. And I know we're going to talk about some of his, you know, keep life principles today, but I was just thinking about that of those principles and those things that he really lived by. And of course he was not a perfect man. Mm -mm. He was not Jesus, but he really did live out these principles. And I have no doubt that he is saying it, you know, it's worth it. Which is encouraging. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was encouraging to me in, uh, of just like, just that whole keep at it, keep running your race, That's right. you know? That's right.
0: And, you know, he had a really hard life at the beginning. And then at the end, he had a really good life. He was very successful. I mean, uh, he was used by God in millions and millions of people all over the world. And um, I'm sure that the end of his life had a lot to do with how it started. Because these things that we've learned is when he is through these adversities, through hard times, and that's one of his Mm -hmm. life principles, that adversity is a bridge to uh, a relationship with God. And I think Mm -hmm. that when I think about Dr. Stanley and our relationship, and we would laugh a lot, and I would tease him, and we had fun, and and I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed him. But he always had the awareness and the mindset of always bringing conversations back to something that god had taught him or something that Mm. he was you know learning at the moment and i i think you know as i think about his age and being 90 and how he just wanted to you know preach and teach as long as he had breath and Mm -hmm. and i can relate to that i understand that and i believe that he did and even though he's with jesus now everything that God's taught him and some of the things that he's learned through the adversity and through the good times, we are now still learning. It yeah. Just like seems, his,
1: even though he's gone, his, what he, he has. He still speaks. Yeah. He mm-hmm. still speaks. Like his ministry mm-hmm. is still, which is so amazing. And I don't, I think that's where it can be encouraging for us in that just because he Mm -hmm. had the platform he had, that doesn't mean that that, he's not the exception to the rule. Like our legacies and what we leave, I think we leave something, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, what is that? And I think that is something that he is such an inspiration in that, yes, he was an actual preacher. And so he was literally preaching until he could not physically preach anymore. But Mm -hmm. I know that he, because of y'all's, Relationship. I know that he still preached to even the closest people around him, even mm-hmm. though he wasn't on the pulpit. But until his dying breath, and that is something that I think is such a beautiful example. I mean, it's like Paul in Second Timothy. You know, like up until his last breath, he was just he's his he was well aware that his race was not over. Like this is not it's not over until I see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, which i think goes a lot to your ministry too where it's you know you've said you know mm-hmm. why start a ministry at 50 and that's why because mm-hmm. you're still here and and it looks different for everyone like we like we said but anyway it's just such a testimony to being faithful to the end yeah but that's really
0: true and i think you know when you're brought up you know paul he was talking to timothy who was like a son spiritual son and mm-hmm. you know, I can almost feel like Paul wanted to grab a hold of Timothy by the by the collar and say, "Now, Timothy, listen to me. You know, be faithful to the truth, be faithful to the word of God." And if I had to think of the very thing that Doctor Stanley would say over and over again, it would be, "Be faithful to the truth, be faithful to the word of God." And as I was reading those verses, he says, "I charge you." That's what Paul was saying. I charge you to to teach and to Uh, make sure that you use the scriptures, be faithful to the word of God, because that scripture is there to encourage and to exhort and to um, challenge us. And I think that that's what Dr. Stanley would have said. I think that's what he said when he was on earth. I think that's what he would say now. Mm -hmm. And I'm very thankful for my relationship with Dr. Stanley. But as you know, Kara, it started with him teaching me when I didn't, even know Him. I, I, I was going through a really hard time in my life. I've said this here um, on mm-hmm. the podcast and our conversations. I've said this to you privately. I've said this to you openly, you know, to people openly. But I was going through a really hard time. I wanted to walk away from God. I didn't feel like God had performed in the way that I wanted Him to. And I was discouraged. And I just didn't feel God's presence. And I was just going to go and live my life the way I wanted to live it and which I did. And then that didn't turn out so well, because the greatest mistakes that I've made have not been because I've obeyed God. It was when oh, I have tried nice. to be God in right. my own life and live my own life. And so at this time, I was coming back to God. And I was emotionally, but I was also physically exhausted and spiritually drained. And mm-hmm. I just was like, God, I just, I, I don't think I can go on and It just came to the end of myself. I just kind of died to self and said, "God, I'm going to surrender everything to you." I'd already been at that place because I'd already talked to a pastor, and he had, you know, encouraged me to, you know, to not walk away from God, and
1: Mm I had
0: already made that commitment. But I was still struggling with a lot of shame of just the fact that I did walk away from the Lord and that I was trying to live my life, and I was turning the TV on. And here was this preacher on TV, and he said, you are forgiven. Now he did not say, we are forgiven. He didn't say, if anybody's ever sinned, they're forgiven. He said the words, you, you are mm-hmm. forgiven. And I'm looking at him, and you've heard me say this. I don't know how I got from the sofa to the front of the TV, but I was down on my knees, I'm crying. I'm like, God, is this true? Is this true? Now I'd already understood that I'd been forgiven as a, you know, when I first came to know the Lord. But right. now now I've come to know the Lord, and I've walked away from Him. How could God ever forgive me now? Because I once tasted forgiveness now, and know and I rejected it and wanted to live my own life. Now I'm coming back, having to taste it again and understand that God had forgiven mm-hmm. me. And I started crying and like, Could could this be? Found out later that he was a pastor at First Baptist and Howard and I started going to First Baptist.
1: First Baptist of Atlanta. That's right. Yeah.
0: And it's so crazy that, you know, we became friends and I became we became friends with his son and And Sandra, and and then Mm -hmm. you know, just just you know, a journey that we we've had. Yeah. But even though I spent a lot of time with Doctor Stanley, and a lot of times in personal, like you know, Howard and I would spend time with him. He's been over for dinner and stuff like that. Even though we had these personal time with him, I had never told that story. I had never told him about his influence in my life Mm and the time that I saw him. And so at Christmas time, I was new sick, and I said to Howard, I've got to go, and I've got to tell him what he has done in my life, and so I did, and we went over there, and uh, he was just so sweet. We both cried. We both laughed, and but it was just one of those moments, and as I look back, I've heard him teach and preach for years and years, and these life principles that he uses are things that God has taught him, but they're all biblically based, and there are 30 right. of them.
1: There's 30. I thought there
0: was 10. I know you did, but there are 30.
1: And I wonder <laughs> we I talk about maybe
0: they're like the Proverbs, you know, there's, you do one every day, you know, or, or something. I'm not really sure, but right. there are 30 yeah. of them. So we're not going to get through 30 of them today.
1: Gosh, I was about to say, are we going through all 30?
0: No, we're not going to do that. But I do want to, I do want to read them.
1: Okay. Yeah. Read them. You want to okay. read them right now and then we'll talk through some of them.
0: Yeah, let's do that. And okay. we'll just, let me, let me go and we'll just, I'll go through about 15. Okay. The first one, the first life principle is our intimacy with God is his highest priority for our lives, determines the impact of our lives. So our highest intimacy is God's top priority, and the intimacy with God determines how that impacts our lives. That's the first one. The second one very, is very popular. A lot of people say this. Obey God. And leave all the consequences to him. A lot of people people
1: say that. Is that the one where he talks about running your head into a wall?
0: Yeah. If God tells you to go and slam your head in that wall, you keep running, he'll make a hole. Yeah. He'll put a, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Like, yeah. Like you, if he says, go put your, go slam your head in the wall
0: and like you he obey will provide
1: him. basically like yeah you obey him he will provide mm-hmm. a way he will yeah. either move the wall or make a hole in the wall or yeah make your yeah. head hard i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's
0: basically what that means yeah the third one is god's word is an immovable anchor in the times of storm and i, Ooh, I know like that that, that really yeah i really like that and i know that that really played a big part in his life he was so he loved the word of god and he preached the word of god And it was really, it was an anchor for him. The fourth one is the awareness of God's presence energizes us for our work. And then five is God does not require us to understand his will, just obey it,
1: even if it
0: seems unreasonable. Number six is you reap what you sow more than you sow and later than you sow.
1: Is that a direct quote from him? I feel like I've heard that before.
0: It is, it is a direct quote, I guess, from him because it's written I guess in here so, I didn't realize right. that was him. Yeah, but everything's based on scripture, yeah. Wait, 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 Yeah, I like this one too. Seven, the dark moments of our life will last only so long as it's necessary for God to accomplish His purpose in us. I love that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is another one we love. Fight all your battles on your knees, and you will win every time. That's number eight. Yeah, I need to put any plaster that one on my forehead. <laughs> Number 9. <laughs> trusting God means looking beyond what we can see to what God sees. Looking through the eyes of God. Number 10 is if necessary, God will move heaven and earth to show you his will.
1: Mm.
0: Number 11. Let's like say about that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number 11. God assumes full responsibility for our needs. When we obey Him.
1: Mm. That's the key, when you obey Him. When you obey Him. Yeah.
0: Number 12 is, peace with God is the fruit of oneness with God. I think that's huge. Say it one Number, more time. Peace with God is the fruit of the oneness with God. When you're one with mm, God. You're, yeah, Yeah. The peace, peace. Yeah, because He is mm. peace. Yeah. Yeah. Listening to God is essential to walking with God. Number 14 God acts on behalf of those who wait for Him. You know, you've heard me say, God uh, yeah. Yeah. always gives the best to those who wait for Him. Number 15 is, brokenness is God's requirement for maximum fruitfulness. That is
1: not a popular opinion. No. Well, I no, shouldn't say it's not a popular opinion. That's not a popular concept. <laughs> no, that's not something we want. Right. So okay, I made, some, I, I made some notes, and we'll, we'll maybe in the next episode, mm-hmm. we'll go through the next 15. So I made a couple of notes of ones I wanted to go back to. Okay. The first, and if you, obviously if you have any, but this was more of just a comment I had about I, don't, I, I missed what number it was, but how the word is an anchor for us uh-huh. was one of the earlier ones. Um, we, which one was it? I mean, what say it again? Oh,
0: number three. The life "Well, God's word is an immovable anchor in times of storm.
1: I just, the, really, I just had a comment about that one of, I feel like that's true. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. not disagreeing, but I feel like a lot of times we would say prayer is, and I know he says prayer is how we fight our battles. Like, I just Mm -hmm. think that is such a wise point that I wanted to just kind of stop on for just a second of Of that, of like how important scripture is, how important the word of God is. Like that is what grounds us. That is what brings us back to truth because it is true. You know, his word Mm -hmm. is always true. God is always true. Mm -hmm. And I just think like that perspective of like, okay, the importance of the word and then the importance of prayer and how they both can play this part in how we go through difficulties or go through battles or storms or whatever. So that was really all. I just thought that was. And not that he needs my applause, but I'm like, oh, well done. I like that one. Yeah, I like, <laughs> I like, like that and was a good, yeah. I, I do like that. I think a lot of times we say
0: Jesus is the anger of soul, which is what, you know we he talk is. about, yeah, because he is Hebrews. But what Doctor Stanley was talking about, based on his life, was that God would bring specific scripture to mind that would minister hope or assurance, you know, in his heart. He always encourages us to pray and to seek wisdom on certain issues. But when um, Dr. Stanley would say, when we would look to God in faith, he would lead us according to his will. But this may not happen overnight. And that many times, God wants us to meditate on God's scripture. And so it kind of gives us this wisdom. So when you're in a storm, if God's trying to get your attention and you're like wanting to know how to get out of the storm, you go to the scriptures and start meditating it and asking for Mm -hmm. wisdom. And you'll see some promises there and things like that. So I think that what he's saying is this anchor is what we're going to anchor and sit there for a while. We're going to meditate on God's scripture. We're going to look some of the things, God's heart. And you know, when we look at scriptures, we need to see the character of God. We need the heart mm-hmm. of God. So when you're going through a storm like that and you need to know which way should I go, or you you just kind of sit there for a little bit, which is what prayer is as well. You're sitting before right. God and asking yeah. Him. And I do think if you're sitting there telling God, I'm in the storm as if God didn't know it, but, you know, he says, talk to him about anything. And so I think, you know, when you're sitting there talking to him and asking God for wisdom about a certain situation, when you know scripture and you know some things,
1: that gives God an opportunity to talk to you while
0: you're sitting there.
1: Yeah, I think it just shows that they are both so important. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes Very. we can tend to be like, oh, I, you know, I read this, I read scripture all the time, but maybe, you know, prayer. And I know, like, I'm that I'm speaking to the choir well, right now, reading scripture and prayer, are both I'm working on them. Um, <laughs> but it, it's not that one's more important than the other and to leave no. one out or, you know, whatever, but just showing how they both have not just a place, but an importance in mm-hmm. how well we walk with Jesus, how, how you know, well like how, mm-hmm. how that's, yeah, that's what I mean. of like how, like how we navigate tough times. So, yeah, well, I was
0: uh, speaking at a group of women last, last night and they were talking about having, you know, very busy, not having a whole lot of time. And I just encouraged them. I said, you know, I love the word of God and I read it every single day. I study it. I'm not discarding the word of God in any form or fashion, but if you don't have time to do both, I suggest you pray first. And to me, prayer is so powerful, in my opinion, because it, number one, it reminds me that I'm not God. I'm seeking God for whatever He would, you know, for who He is or what He wants in His will. And it just gives me a moment when I'm praying to refocus away from the anchor or the storm I mean away from the storm and helps me to focus on on Jesus. So
1: I'm not saying that you don't have
0: bodies. Right. I you're mean. not right.
1: So let me ask you this though. Okay. You obviously do not know everything about the Lord because no, that would I make do you not. God. <laughs> right. But you know a lot about mm-hmm. the character of God because you have studied the word. Mm-hmm. I mean I, I mean if there was a tally, I mean it would be up in heaven, because there's no way that we could tell here on earth of how much time you have spent in the Word. So in my mind, it makes sense that you would—that would be your bent. But would you say that to someone who maybe not be— either has, like, the wrong view of God or doesn't know God that well? You know what I mean? Like, someone who's maybe a little bit younger in their faith, would you say— would you give that same answer? And maybe you would. I just—I yeah. I wondered if— That is because—not because, but—because you always are in the Word, but yeah. I think
0: because I'm always in the Word and because over life, I've known both, you know, to where I really studied the Word, but I didn't pray, or that I prayed and I didn't study the Word. I, You know, so I've experienced both, and I would say that the thing that gets me closer to God— is when I bow before Him and I'm quiet before Him. And I am, you know, seeking His will and seeking what He wants. I think people can pray and dump a lot of stuff on God and walk away and say, well, that didn't really help me. So it's not just like you go in there and start talking to God and then walk up and leave. But I think if you sit before God and you say, God, I don't really understand you very much, or I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to sit here a minute. And I just want to tell you and start praising you, like, you know, that you're God. you creator of all heavens and earth. I think through those moments, God will create a desire for you to go study His Word and know it.
1: Or even maybe, I mean, I don't know how God does it, but even create time and margin for mm-hmm. you to go study His Word.
0: Yeah, I don't think you should do one of the—I don't think you should not do— one or the other. I'm just saying, no, if you don't yeah, have time. I, I was telling these women that are very busy, and yeah, they didn't have Yeah, did yeah. and young scripture. kids, and yeah. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, so it was, you know, knowing my audience and knowing they do study the word. But, you know, I do appreciate you bringing that up, because there's some people like, I don't even you know anything what the scripture says. I would probably say, go get you a verse out of the scripture write it down and go ask God say would you tell me what this means right
1: well that's write this down and that that's, would be prayer write this yeah. down go yeah. ask that
0: yep and then I also think that God is capable of telling you who he is even through creation it, you know it's, that's Romans 12 where it says "You know I, know. I
1: think sorry this is like a, a side note but that I I relate to the Lord and creation so mm. deeply and I did not, I mean, literally just this moment, I had that thought of, I need to do that. I need mm-hmm. to go, whether that's something, lo- like I go on a hike or walk somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, not far yeah. from he- where I live, or if I plan a trip to the mountains, because that's what that's what really gets my heart. But, you know, I've like struggled with feeling close and connected with the Lord over the last six months or four months. And I don't, I mean, I definitely don't, as much right now. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I just had this moment of like, oh my gosh, I need to do that. Because Mm -hmm. like kind of like planning a date with someone, you know, like I need to go, I need to be intentional. Intentional. I need to, Mm -hmm. and not, I mean, yes, I'm trying, I'm being intentional and getting the word and all that. But I do, I do really, me personally, I really do connect with him in that way. And you know, really that's Dr.
0: Stanley's first thing that he says about the intimacy. I just don't feel like um, we gather a lot of intimacy unless you're more academic driven i think there mm-hmm. are a lot of people i was talking to someone i think it was tuesday where they said they felt closer to god when they were studying the word and when they were doing that yeah totally that's I'm like it's, that's just yeah. me yeah but you know that first principle where it says our intimacy with god is his highest priority for our lives is not our highest priority it that's is His god's high, uh-huh. and i think that I think that's, that's why I needed why you to read struggle. it again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. like,
0: you know, our intimacy with God is God's highest priority for us. And and our intimacy with Him and how much we know Him, we can't, you know, that goes back to the scripture. It's kind of so interwoven, it's hard to separate it because they both are very, very important. And I think that we need to include prayer and Bible study and, and getting away into uh, go and look at the creation and realize, look look at that mountain. You always say, I feel so close to God when I'm looking at a mountain. I feel close to God when I'm looking at the ocean. And, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And I think what we have to do sometimes in our lives is that we, we have
1: to know ourselves and know what really it, it, it does. It's almost like a love language. I was just thinking, yeah. like, it's, it's figuring out, and not that it has to be one of those five love languages. I'm just saying, like, figuring out what it is that— you, how do you us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's your bent? And it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you exclude any of the others. Like like you said, some people do feel super close and connected through like more of the academia, studying the word and that sort of thing. It doesn't mean you never study the word if that's not your bent or, no. you know, but oh, you never pray um, because you just want to study the word of God. Right. You know, so, and I think
0: you have to find out what causes you to feel close to God. Uh, what is it that makes you you know long to to be with him and to you know really obey him basically right uh, and trust him and i think that that is God's highest priority that's how he created us and I, and and i think the intimacy that we have the oneness we have with God does determine the impact of our lives because the closer we are to God and the more that we know God the better we know what to choose for our lives because yeah. we know what what he
1: wants so um, the other one that I I did not I just wrote down it was number nine. Okay, I did not write down what it was, so I don't remember. But I felt, I felt like that I was like one. This one too. Oh, okay. I just felt like it was one that was worth talking about for a minute. What yeah. is it? Again, is
0: trust? Yeah, is trusting God means looking beyond what we see to what God sees. Looking beyond trusting God is looking beyond what we can see to what God sees, and I think it's so. Yeah, my having it's the like mindset I, of
1: Christ. Yeah, that was my question of like, okay, how to, how do we know? Because mm-hmm. we can't see what God sees. Right. So, what is it that He like? What can we see? What is it that we look look past? Like, what? And is it just that of like looking looking to Jesus? Looking,
0: I think it's uh, beginning again. We're gonna go back to prayer. We're gonna always go back to prayer to say, God, you know, show me what's really going on and not what I think is going on. Um, you know, there's mm-hmm. a saying that says, we don't see things as they are, but as we are. And a lot of times we have to look back and say, God, what do you say about me? God, what do you want from me? What What is your view of me?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And a lot of times it's being able to see ourselves and see the situation through the way God sees things. We might look at the world right now and say, it's falling apart. God looks at the world and says, I'm in charge. It
1: just doesn't look like it. And I'm using right. all this falling apart to get your attention. I mean, I pray this with other people a lot mm-hmm. um, in terms of help me to see this person like you see them, mm-hmm. because whether it's like I've been hurt by them or they're difficult people or whatever it may be, but mm-hmm. I, that's something that I pray and encourage other people who may be you know, in like difficult relationships that they have to navigate of, like, help, help me to see them how you see them, because I think mm-hmm. that it may not mean that your relationship is Better or yeah. that, but it, I do think that really helps us soften our hearts. It helps us forgive. It helps us walk in grace toward people. And, you know, I mean, and a lot of times that does help the relationship. But anyway, that I think that is a great principle mm-hmm. with towards ourselves, but then also with people around us.
0: Well, I think the sad part is that we probably see people better sometimes and make excuses for them. Because then God does, because God does not make excuses for
1: Well, yes. I guess it depends on your—because I'm more talking about the situations where it's, you know, if it's like a shared custody situation and the person is being really difficult Mm -hmm. and, you know, one side is being difficult and you're having this strife— and it's, you're frustrated because you're like, oh, I thought we, you know, said we weren't going to co-parent this oh, yeah, way. Or yeah. I thought mm-hmm. we weren't, yeah. Mm-hmm. And having that frustration and instead of just getting mad at the other person, it would be like, okay, help me to see them. Or dealing with a difficult teenager or dealing mm-hmm. with a difficult, I don't know, friend. Yes. That's more of like what I was talking to. I think both are true. I think, yes. But like, well, here's God, what I want to say.
0: I think that we have more expectation on people to do a certain way, and to be better than God does. God looks at us, and He knows we're dirt. He knows apart from Him, we can do nothing. He, do, he does think we're very special. He loves us. He adores us. But He is very much aware of our weaknesses. He's very much aware that we need God. We're, he's very much aware that we need Him more right. than we're aware that we need God. So I think that uh, God you know, sees us as little sheep that need a shepherd, that we are these people that are acting like we've got all our act together or that we are so in control when we're not. So to see things as God sees them, I think if we were to look at other people, then we'd say, you know, I'm expecting them to act a certain way when they're not. And a lot of times we expect and think that in certain situations, these people are going to say and do what we They will because we had such a higher expectation on them. But then when something happens, it's as if God is highlighting that person's heart that you could not see Mm -hmm. and showing you the real person who he is. And then we get disappointed in people. And I think that it is because we expect more of them than what God does. I think that Jesus said And I'm not saying we shouldn't, you know, encourage people to be the best and expect the best of them. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that we have to look past what we can see and see what God sees. And God knows that all of us, without Him, Mm -hmm. we just have no capacity of doing anything right. And it's the Holy Spirit within us. And I think that that's one of the things about, you know, God assumes the full responsibilities of our needs when we obey him. When God's just like, you know, don't judge. Don't put yourself better than right. you. Don't think that you're better. Don't think that you wouldn't do that. You never know what you would do in a situation until you get in that situation. Take heed lest you fall. Scripture, mm-hmm. you know, clearly says that. Be Don't be prideful. So we look at people sometimes and think, I can't believe they would do that. And what we're saying is, well, I'm so much better. I would never do that. Because like, mm-hmm. don't look at that that way. And I think that's what Dr. Stanley has learned over the years. We have to see past what we think we see and look at it in ways of what God is. And and sometimes we have to just look at people and go, they they're not in control, but they're trying to get be in control. That's looking at God. Other Mm -hmm. than them, it's like God's in control. God knows He's in control. He knows these people Mm -hmm. are not. So that's seeing things as the way God sees them, not necessarily the way we see it. Does that make sense?
1: Uh, I mean, to me, if and if it doesn't make sense to anyone who's listening, you can just shoot us an email. (laughs) Mm, That's right. Ask us a little question. um, I mean, these are things
0: that Dr. Stanley, but but they're all biblical. We have verses all along with them, you know, but it is things that life principles that Dr. Stanley learned over the years. And uh, he has a Bible, actually, that um, it's not his Bible. It is the Word of God. But he went through the Word of God, and he used these principles, 30 principles, and found verses and people that actually were living out the particular principle that he's talking about. And, you know, examples, men of the Bible, whatever,
1: that would be an example of the
0: principle he's talking about.
1: So let's talk about number 10. That was another one where I felt like, oof, I feel like we should touch on this one. If necessary,
0: God will move heaven and earth to show us His will.
1: I feel like this is like the age-old question is, what the heck is God's will? (laughs) (laughs) Because we tend to ask that a lot, I think, just in Christian, in church, in Christian communities, in our own lives, you know, of like... You know, I, I would pray in His will, or I'd pray for His will if I knew what it was. Mm-hmm. So, what does He? And again, I I'm sure that He's right about this. I just am curious what He means by that, because how can we know God's will? What is? Are you you're looking up something yes. in the Bible?
0: No, I, I'm I'm going to read the very first principle. One more time. <laughs> Our intimacy with God. Is his highest priority for our lives. So that's his
1: will. Mm -hmm. So read number 10 with that as at the end instead of God's will. Okay. Read that. If necessary
0: if necessary, God will move heaven and earth to show us who he is and to have an intimate relationship with us because that is his will.
1: That's a good life principle. Do we just let's just
0: that's a cup of joy, first life (laughs) principle. But it is, yeah, it, write this down. This is, write this down, and this is principle one. number one. It, no, I'm glad God, I asked that. Yeah, yeah. Because, because that
1: like kind of gives God me the feels well. a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, He will move. He- it's basically saying, like, He will move heaven and earth to get close to you, which He did because right. He brought and Jesus he and curse. Mm-hmm. So that's a mic drop. I'm glad yeah. we ended on that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it is because... We think God's will is, should I take this job? Should I marry this person? Should I go into ministry? Should I leave my job? Should I be roommates yeah. with these people? We, it's all about what we should do. And God's like, no, 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 it's not about, oh, But it is sometimes, though. It is but sometimes. But that is what, what comes we've... out of it. What you do comes out of your intimacy with the Lord. You'll know if you're intimate with Him, if you're close to Him, you're abiding with Him,
1: You'll get And answers that goes to back to the questions. scripture and mm-hmm. prayer. Mm-hmm. It's all coming together.
0: Yep. Good <laughs> old <our> Dr. Stanley.
1: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And maybe we can pick up more, because I'm sure going into the next 15, there'll be more of that. But yeah, that is I'm thinking I'm sitting on that one. I'm sitting on that one, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. I mean, not in the like a dis- not in a like, oh I don't believe that. It's just more of like, okay, like how does that practically how do how does that apply in practical day to day life? Because it's like, I mean, even I'll tell you, well, let me give this like small example. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine at the gym struggling, wrestling with whether or not she needs to text this person. And I, I literally was one of those. I said to her, I was like, ah, like, I don't know. And I said, I really don't think that there's a right or wrong in this scenario. Mm-hmm. But I would follow the piece. Like, what do you have a piece about? Like in your mm-hmm. gut, like in your spirit, like what is. And mm-hmm. she was like, that's so funny you just said that. Because when I literally was just saying to you how, you know, like if I text them, I'd say X, Y, and Z. And she was like, I just had this like thing in my stomach gut of like, uh, I don't like I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, follow that then. I don't think it'd be wrong. I don't think, you know. So anyway, Disobeying I'm just using that the as a word. Saying, of God. Yeah. Right. But it's like, okay, what's the will Because mm-hmm. that is what's what she was asking. Like, I don't want, like, I don't know what the Lord's wanting in I this. Yeah, this relationship and the yeah, and so it wasn't like she was asking, what are we doing for dinner? It was yeah. it was a relational question I and gotcha. not knowing what the Lord's wanting in this relationship. And so I guess like that is like maybe a practical, like what that looks like in day-to-day real life is like, it's kind of, it's leaning on the intimacy of the Lord to even mm-hmm. maybe make those decisions. Because in that moment of like, okay, well, I'm going to lean into, I have this peace, like I'm going to trust the Lord. Like, I'm going to be, mm-hmm. I'm going to have this intimate internal with like the spirit in me conversation through prayer and then he kind of shows like okay well i don't have a piece so in this moment it doesn't mean i'm never gonna send Mm -hmm. a text or never gonna reach out but right now Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna go with i'm not gonna send a text so maybe that's what it looks like
0: yeah well i think that's what it looks like i think that when we begin to really understand that God just wants to have a relationship with us and He wants to help us and lead us and guide us, that He's not as concerned about Him texting that girl or whatever, texting that guy, because like you said, it's not right or wrong. But she, I think for me, it's more about God saying, will you trust me in this relationship? And what would bring me most glory out of this relationship? And Is that you I, trust I guess them? for that person, yeah. I guess for that person, if they had a, an uneasiness about it before that was still there, but when she stopped and paused a little bit and thought about, well, it's not right or wrong, but what is yeah. my gut saying? I mean, I think it was just being aware that that tension was already there and probably God had already put it there and she just was ignoring it because if you yeah. have to ask somebody, should I do it nine out of 10 times, you're saying, I don't think I should, so should I? And <laughs> Yeah. and When know, I think
1: like the... Point is yeah it's it is, it's having a relationship with the Lord of like Mm -hmm. asking Him, Mm -hmm. and if there's a right or wrong, or maybe right or wrong, but if there's what if He's wanting you to do one thing or the other, He will let you know because if that intimacy is there, then you will hear from Him, you will be in Mm -hmm. communion, you will be abiding, you'll you know all those things.
0: Let me tell you something I've learned from experience, and that is I am quick to almost do anything. I'm like, oh, let's do this. I'm I'm very quick, You're reactionary. Do, I, oh, very much, and so yeah. <laughs> it always gets me in trouble. And just the fact of just being able to pause and not react, uh, you know, towards it sometimes I have excitement. It's yeah, not it even, a ba- yeah,
1: like I mean, it's not like excited. I'm trying to
0: be disobedient. I'm just like, oh, let's do this, let's no. do, that.
1: yeah, and yeah.
0: you know, never stop to ask God if I should. And then when I get in a mess, I'm like, oh, I probably should have prayed about that. All through scripture, you know, and we start even from the very beginning where, you know, David and Saul, you know, having these issues, David would go and pray, God, should I go and take care of this, you know, go into this city? Should I go into this, you know, town? Should I go into this camp? You know, all these things. Should I do these things? And he would go and pray and, and not, you know, haste and not rush to do something. And I think, you know, God wants to have an intimacy with us, meaning He would like to have a conversation with us about it. And I don't think you can just jump into it. I think from the very beginning of Scripture, from Genesis 1, when God said, you know, let's make man in my image, that was His desire. I want to, I want to know them. Then when they sinned, He came looking for Adam and Eve. That's an intimacy. He was longing for them. And then through all of time from Genesis to Revelation, that is God pursuing us and wanting to draw us to Him. So, intimacy with the Lord is His high- highest priority. And it's shown all through the scripture. So, um, that is the heart of God.
1: Yeah. It seems like what well, we've just gone through the first 15, but that all of the other principles mm-hmm. hinge off of the first one.
0: That's right. And I think the next 15 will too.
1: Yeah. So, interesting. Well done, Dr. Mm-hmm. Stanley. Yeah. He's up in heaven probably looking down on us being like, I didn't come up with it. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something.
0: Dr. Stanley is not looking at us. He is up no. in heaven he's looking, looking at, at the it. face of Jesus. And he's like saying, worthy, worthy are you, Lord Almighty, who is and who is to come. And I think that one of the principles, I, you know, and one of the things that he lived in his life was living with the eternal perspective living with the end in mind, living that one day I'm going to see Jesus. And I want to make sure that everything I do on a daily basis will complement that principle of um, looking for eternity. Because now... Are we, are we looking for eternity? Looking, we're looking forward to being with Jesus. Either we're going to go see Him, or He's going to come and call us home.
1: Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, Dot Bowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.